they like, hey, you want to go to your trailer? I'm like, trailer? What you talking about? And there's this guy named Sean. Shout out to Sean. You know, I'm going to get some coffee or whatever. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it for you. I'm like, nah, bro, you ain't got to do that for me. I, I got you. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I'll get in trouble if you don't. Like, all right, cool. Like, hey, that's but then how that's you when I started. Live, man. That's Hollywood. Bruh, Hollywood. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was like, I see why the Rock said, forget this wrestling, forget this football. I'm gonna go ahead and get in Hollywood. Stack my money up like Lego. What's up, world? Y'all already know, man. You tuned in to another episode of Money Music Culture. You already know I'm sitting here with my dog, my ace, Boom Coon, B Coke. But look, man, you already know we got a special episode because we're gonna talk to, we're gonna talk about B Coke, right? You done already seen this man, you know, playing in front of, you know, fifty thousand people and millions of people on, you know, some soup on some. Well, I'm sorry, I'm about to say Super Bowl. We know he ain't never did that, but uh, but just any given Sunday, right? But crazy enough. We, for the first time, got to really see his face on the big screen, not just with a helmet on it, man. And one thing I will say, you know, and I can't wait to ask my dog a few questions, but, man, my dog on Netflix, bro. And the crazy part about it, I turned on my Netflix, you know what I'm saying? And I see my dog in the top ten, man. Look, we're talking about literally Shark Tank but for real estate. And... You know they got to have that one black guy in here, but he a little more swagged out than that boy Damon John. You feel me? So, Colt, man, tell me a little bit about Buy My House, bro. I need to understand how this whole thing came about, bro. Buy My Listen, House. Man. Yeah, Buy My House. Shout out to, to Netflix. Shout out to Critical Content, the production company, and, and shout out to my castmates, man. But, uh, yeah, now, Buy My House was, was uh, came from... The production company reaching out via email, DM, and multiple emails. And, and, you know, I get show requests and things like that all the time. And sometimes if I'm in season, I might not ever see it. Uh, sometimes, shoot, if I'm out of season, I might not ever see it with just DMs and emails stacking up, you know, especially you get to a busy stretch of the year. And I'm fortunate, uh, Billy, shout out to Billy. Uh, you know, he was persistent in, in reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. And, and, you know, we were able to get on the phone, talk about the concept, talk about the idea. Um, at that time, that was one of the things that was interesting to me is like he told me, hey, this is already greenlit with Netflix. You know, mm. um, I think he kind of knew, you know, you got to he, he was trying to make sure that he understood that or that I understood that they were serious and, and they had done this before and critical content, their, their production company, you know, me having a production company, like I'm picking their brain. They've done shows like catfish, you know, um, and, and which has been, you know, one hell of a, a series and had a hell of a run. And, and so, you know, once they reached out, we started doing things like, um, chemistry tests. And at first it was an interview with just the production team. Then, you know, once they were like, all right, cool, this dude's not a, a complete jackass. Let's <laughs> go ahead and do a chemistry test and, and basically put him on a call with some of the other castmates or potential castmates. And, uh -huh. you know, we simulated a couple of of different buyers and how we would approach that and see how we, you know, vibe with each other. Right. And, and you know, whether we cuss each other out or, you know, see who would actually work well on camera. And then I guess I did good enough 
there for them to say, hey, we want you to be one of the, the four that that made it. So let's go. Um, yeah. Yeah. So wait, so on that out. process, were there other people that they thought could be castmates that didn't make it? Like, were you at any point on time on a Zoom with someone who didn't end up making it to the show? Yeah. So my chemistry test, we had four people on it. I'm a, you know, I won't say all of their names to protect you know their their own boy you know we want to know personals we want to know yeah, but yeah, it's all right you one, can't I'll say, say this one, no, one no, was no. a billionaire one, one was a billionaire I'll, I'll say that you know when you think of a real estate billionaire there's probably plenty but um you know one of the other people on the the show on the chemistry test made it to the show as well Denisha Reitster um and uh yeah no nah, i mean going through the chemistry test you know I, obviously you you said it the best at times is like you know as a football player you know, i think when we had a conversation about nfts you you said yo you got to strip your cool cloak off and, and then also when it comes to money you got to strip your cool cloak off <laughs> and you know at the time i don't think i necessarily understood well i understood that i was auditioning but i don't think i took it super duper seriously right in the sense of like i wasn't like up at night and Oh man, how do I prepare for this? How do I work for this, right? Um, but fifty percent of the people from my chemistry test made it. I know they had multiple of those with other people, and so you know I'm fortunate, you know, because I always wanted to say hey, if I'm going to do this, I, I got to be myself, and so I didn't want to do too much prepping and all of that type of stuff. Like I just wanted to walk on and, and be me, and uh, fortunately it, it worked out. Well, look, man, I think we all know, right? One thing, and I was saying this. And one of our other episodes is just how, you know, much respect you get amongst your football peers as being someone who truly knows what to do with their money and also have been preparing for life after football since day one, right? And one of the things you really love doing is real estate. So when I saw, you know, the show coming about, I'm like, yo, who better, especially on the athletic side, than be Cope? Because you started out when you was, at, you know, at Detroit doing some fix and flips, but now you're doing big commercial real estate and multi-units. Let's talk about your experience in real estate and why you think, you know, you were picked for the show and talk about like how that experience actually helped you. Yeah, no, th I think that um, one, why I was picked for the show, that's probably an easier question to answer. I think one, you know, um, obviously I bring a different lens and perspective than most of the other people up there, right? Mm -hmm. Um you know, although I think most people look at Brandon Copeland, I refer to myself in third person because I'm just thinking about the comments and the. the no, you, you know, Hollywood, like that, bro. Right? You Hollywood. You Brandon nah, Copeland now. Nah, talk, bro. You go uh, ahead, spit, talk your shit, bro. <laughs> talk your shit. So most people, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Most people look at Cope as like, oh, this dude's in the NFL. He's on Netflix. He's made it. He's done this, right? But they don't understand that, you know, Cope also. Uh, interned in high school for $7.45 an hour, right, in the summers, for three summers, right? Also, freshman year of college, worked night shift at Walmart, $8.45 an hour, which you have to do a, a, a dollar above minimum wage when you, or you have to be above minimum wage when you work in the night shift. So that was with that. Now, uh, also, Social Security Administration at the time for during the day. So I would do night shift at night. And then literally get off, go take like a 30, 45 minute nap, go to Social Security Administration out in Woodlawn, Maryland, work there, intern there, um, then go train in the summers in college. 
bouncing at at Smokes. You know Smokes, the the campus bar, yeah, so to speak, in, in college on on Thursday and, nights before the game. You, you know, you ain't the, never had real you, friends. And you was one of the littlest bouncers. I used to just hey move yeah, out my see. way, bro, so I could get in the club. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Get you your little ass still out there. That black, ready, ready for that action. Uh, nah, nah, but but you know they they see uh, where we are today, but they don't see like you know hey we we've, mm-hmm. we've worked to make this happen right. Um, so with that being said, right, like although I'm still on the NFL platform, I've been able to work and and take NFL money and create uh, businesses from that. Right, I still speak mm-hmm. for us. You know, I speak for we, I speak for the people. And mm-hmm. so, you know, being up there on that stage, that, w- that was one thing. But then, two, when you talk about building our real estate business out, um, you know, I say our because it's, it's the team behind me. It's myself, my wife, uh, Taylor, and, and the family um, who, who makes this whole thing run. But we started with doing fix and flips in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017 was our first one. We did co-investments with people. So a lot of people think, hey, I got to be able to buy the whole house myself to do the flip, right? There's a bunch of different lending options out there. You can find a ton of information on that. But also I tell people you should definitely, if you want to get into the real estate industry and you have no idea where to start, one, you need to do some research, get get that knowledge. But two, co-investing is a, a simpler way to put money behind a project with a mentor, with somebody that actually knows what the hell they're doing, and then to learn while they're doing it. So we did fix and flips um, for the first, I mean, we've been doing that for years, actually. And then after about a year and change, probably about a year and a half time, I'm just always looking of like, yo, how can I grow this? And I'm starting to see some of my mentors, they're doing apartment buildings. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's that's different right there. So, you know, Worked uh, with a buddy of mine, Tyre Whitehead. We co-invested in flips in Detroit together, also in New Jersey. But him and I, we we, uh, do a lot of business together, venture as well, too. Uh, We invested and bought into a development company called Mid-Atlantic Investment Alliance in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, We also bought into the construction company. So the difference with our development company is we not only can go plan a project, get the architectural drawings done and all that type of stuff, go get the land zoned properly and all of that stuff. But then we also have the ability to own the construction side as well. So now we can build wow. our shit too, right? That's next level. Um, that's next level. That's I appreciate it. That's and next level. Yeah. It, it's trying to trying to make sure that we, you know, as the business say vertically integrated, okay. right? But more importantly, it's trying to make sure that we have as much control over the project as possible, and we can take in other funds to help build things. And we're working on a vehicle that can take in everybody's funds if you choose to invest with us, right? But now that is a different level, uh, level, quote unquote, like outside of just a one-off rental here and there. This is like we got a forty-one unit being built right now. We got a twelve-unit. Uh, that just got green lit. We're working on a 16 unit and a 66 unit. Uh, we also, our real estate company, specifically my family's real estate company, we've invested in, we got an 88 unit three blocks away from the beach in Ventura, California, right? And so, you know, seeing that was something. Oh, what is, damn, we got plenty of tenants now, right? And then now, the, the the last step of the evolution, so to speak, is is commercial land development, which literally... For those who aren't familiar with that, that like has blown my mind. That has attracted my mind so much is taking and buying acres of land, 
and zoning them properly, um, getting all of the entitlements and all of that type of stuff that, that you need to be able to build certain commercial buildings and then going out and either selling the, that pieces of those pieces of land and breaking up the, the land into different pieces to sell and or creating joint venture agreements around pieces of land. So, hey, if I got 100 acres, I'm going to create this JVA, this joint venture agreement with this developer on 40 of those acres. And you're going to go pay me for the land because I've already done all the work, right? And most of the time, you're going to pay me an upcharge for it. I'm going to get profit and make my money back there. But now we're in this thing together. So I also want to own 15%, 20%, mm. 25% of whatever you build and do here on this property and this project. And when you're talking commercial, you're talking, hey, we're building a FedEx build distribution center, an Amazon last mile center. And these tenants, right? They're still tenants. The same way, you know, you got auntie living up the street and that's a tenant in the in the duplex right there's still tenants but these tenants are signing triple net leases right mm. which basically uh mean you as the landlord don't have to worry about anything but collecting that profit at the end of the month they're handling all the maintenance so wait a minute bro wait, wait, you're not just gonna say a word that everybody don't know gee what's what's triple net lease bro so triple net leases these are the most amazing types of leases in the world in my opinion so triple net lease means that the tenant whoever's paying for that property they have to handle three things right uh real estate taxes like all your taxes and all of that type of stuff fees uh mm -hmm. they handle the maintenance on the building and they also handle the insurance so typically when i'm paying for a uh let's say i'm buying a, a townhome or a duplex that i'm renting out to people me as the owner of that building right as a tenant you come in you pay your rent you tr you're trying to make sure that as the, the, the owner of the building that, you know, the rent cost that you're charging is covering all of these costs mm. and then some, right? Triple net lease, the one thing that that doesn't cover, though, like if a pipe bursts, right, that's on the owner, typically, right? In these commercial projects, triple net lease means, you know, Amazon doesn't want me fixing the problem, right? Like, they don't trust me to fix the problem in this beautiful building that they've built for themselves right they uh we we gonna handle that right like we need this building to last forever not just you know for your cousin to come through here and fix this thing up so they're gonna handle the maintenance they're gonna handle the insurance and they're gonna handle the real estate taxes and so at the end of the month what we're getting is we're getting straight profit straight cash on me now obviously wow. it's gotcha. ACH transfer all of that stuff but you, you guys get my point so um so that you know, you know, starting in flips, still dabbling there when we need to, right? Cash flow, um, graduating to multifamily, love it, learning as much as I possibly can about it and continuing to learn as we continue to build that portfolio up. And then now seeing this commercial land development, that has me like, whoa, hold up. This is how they've been doing it for all these years? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like our land, we got some land down in, in uh, Tampa. You know, I'll go out, I'll call out the county another episode, right? But we got over 300 acres down in Tampa. And when I tell you, like, the potential tenants there, Super Target, McDonald's, Wawa, Circle K, and then I want to, I know Home Depot and Lowe's are, like, trying to, like, they're bidding for it type of thing, right? You know, and I'm like, whoa, like, this is, this is interesting. Publix is up the street. 
and we don't own that area or anything like that but Publix being such a landmark down here in Florida they are getting the city to expand the roadway because this is an undeveloped area so now they're going to increase the foot traffic we have a 245 acre plot of land and and this is group economics people this isn't Brandon Copeland by himself right this is group economics it's the only way these things are done the 245 acre plot we have a 40 acre piece of that that a developer out of Atlanta wants to come down and build about 900 units uh, they want to do it in two different phases 530 and then 370 I, I want to say uh, that 40 acres and the sale and transaction on that 40 acres alone will be paying for the entire cost of the 245 acres wow. and profit. And so now we will have a decision to make as an ownership group of like, okay, hey, McDonald's is here. We will do that as a ground lease. Basically, McDonald's every single year will be paying us money to lease the ground and the land that it's on, right? Mm. They own their buildings. Do we want to take this and sell it to somebody else for a big chunk of change? Say, hey, this is worth X amount of millions of dollars. Or do we want to keep that cash flow and split it up yearly? But now you have McDonald's, you have the Wawa's cash flow, you have the Circle K, you have the Super Target. And over, you know, once you lump all of these businesses and that cash flow together, now, again... Um, you know, one plot of land, a, a large plot of land um, with a lot of coordination, a lot of work, a lot of things that have to go into getting it zoned properly and entitled properly to do it, going and getting farmers to want to sell their land and things like that. Once we've done that, you know, th those are the types of conversations and the decisions we'll have to make. But now these leases, again, there'll be 20 year leases potentially. Well, I think I'll speak for everybody is like, bro, you are very well equipped. So let's talk about Netflix, right? Because you've seen it from, you know, residential to commercial to land development. Like, so now you sitting on there, right? And one of the things that I love most is like you literally, and I was, I was, I was kind of making a joke, but you really Damon John sitting next to Mark Cuban of this shit. Like that was the, <laughs> the dope realm. Yeah. So like, talk about it, bro. You sitting next to, the CEO of Redfin, like, bro, y'all are literally competing to yeah. buy, like, explain the show, explain some of the biggest lessons you learned, one of your best purchases, like, talk to us. Yeah, no, the the show is a, as you mentioned earlier, a real estate version of Shark Tank. So instead of people coming and pitching their businesses, they're pitching their homes. Mm -hmm. Now, um, as so an question, investor- question, 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 yep. right? I understand Shark Tank, right? The idea person is going because they can't necessarily go to their bank and get money. They definitely can't go to, you know, private equity or venture capital, whatever for those businesses. Help me understand why a person going to come on buy my home rather than list it on, I don't know, Redfin or hire a, like, let us know that too. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think one, honestly, the opportunity to be on a show like Netflix, you know, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I've had a couple uh, of friends who've been on Shark Tank and they talk about like the exposure mm. that show gave them and their business alone, even though they might not have gotten a deal done on Shark Tank, it helped amplify Makes sense. their business and help get other investors attracted to their business. Right now, this is a home um, and especially in a, a, a very, at the time we, we shot, right, like a, a heightened real estate market, um, you know, a historically mm -hmm. 
amazing real estate market, right? Like, why would somebody hold off selling their home to come on the show? Well, I think it's mostly because, hey, I, I can put my home on the market tomorrow and still probably command the offer that I'm looking for or the dollars that I want. So, mm -hmm. um, but one, you know, once one uh, yeah. thing been like, y'all also was going to be paying cash for it. So that's like an added bonus. Like, yeah, probably, yeah. probably. 100%. And they probably will retain more money in the sense of like not having to hire a, a, a real estate real agent who's going to take. Yep. Yeah. So, and it's two It's you know, the realtor on both sides, the buyer's realtor and stuff. So I'm assuming yeah. that was yeah, so you save a, a good portion. Yeah, yeah, Cause that was a lot of, times within the pitch as well too is like you're saving six percent right there on the sale of your home because as a mm -hmm. as a when you're selling a house the seller pays the real estate commission so they have to pay yep. the buyer's broker and their broker and typically it's three percent um on each oh, side so yeah i mean six percent right there that you get to keep in your pocket and on some of these homes you know that's a lot of money oh, to keep in your pocket you know so oh, um i think that, that that right there is is one major reason too um, and, and, and so, you know, I think that the, the experience one sitting next and being on the same stage as some of those people, you know, us, Ross, like we're competitors, right? Like it, it, in every sense of the world, word, I want to compete, but we're also smart enough to know when to pay homage, take notes and, yeah. and find a new buddy, a new business partner, a new mentor yeah. as well. I'm still you know? trying to so, meet, meet, meet your, uh, your dude off Red Fan. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, say no more. We're going to have him on the podcast. And, you better um, know it. Yes, 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 Lord. Um, so, you know, that was the, the, there were two, three extremely tough things, but, but two of them I'll highlight really quickly. One, uh, competing with people that you want to learn more from, right? Mm. Like at the time, I remember Pam Liebman, CEO of the Corcoran Group, amazing, amazing person, right? Like I remember, you know, her getting off the phone and she's closing up on like a, a nine figure sale in Hawaii. Jeez. And I'm like, damn, like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I'm sitting there talking about these multifamily youth closing on nine figures, like not. Oh, OK. Yeah. All right. You know, we got, we can, we can go there too. So I think one, that exposure to that is interesting, but two, it's like, all right, well, like, let's, let's talk about that. Right. Um, so competing with people who you want to, you learn from, right. Yeah. And you respect. Uh, so that's one thing Two, Um, as a real estate investor, I don't meet the, the sellers of homes because I don't care. Facts. Right. Like this is business and, and, you know, Brandon Marshall has said it before. We got to take the emotion out of business at times. We, Ross, you like we talked about before, you come to our, we have a foundation. We give away hundreds of thousands of dollars. We help people all the time. Financial education is part of the reason why we, we do what we do, right? We want to help people. But when it comes to business, you got to draw a line because you mm -hmm. will get taken advantage of. And so, um, being in this different situation where now the sellers are walking in and you, you can't really pick their house apart in mm -hmm. front of them. You, you can, but, but that's not my heart, my nature. If I'm walking through a property with my contractor, we going, man, look at this. Why is this there? What is that? Boom. We got to blow this wall out. What the fuck was this? Why? You know, like you going through it and you picking it apart. Right. And you're trying to figure out ways as an investor. How can I drive the valuation of this home down so that this owner sells it to me for as least as possible? But now 
you're sitting there looking at the owner who has gone through life in this house, right? Like you can't talk about what there was one woman, um, you know, she had clocks in every room, Mm -hmm. right? And she went through a battle with leukemia and she put a clock in every room to represent the time she had left on earth. Like every room she went into, she wanted to remember that time was precious and to appreciate it. Mm. So it wasn't just sitting down in the living room anymore and just like wasting time. It's like, no, like I'm reading a book and I'm like enjoying this book because I don't know if I'm gonna get to do this (laughs) two years from now. Right. That's a different type of pressure. Like how am I going to come in and just lowball your home? Right. How am I going to come in and pick your home apart? You know? So that is another thing that was, I, I was challenging, but I also say was was interesting um, experience. You come know come say interesting story, Bethany, but I'm gonna have to offer you 100k less. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, we we can't go broke over here now. We ain't going broke for the for the for the gram for the TV for the flicks, right? Uh, yeah, nah. It, it, and then I think the third and final thing was again we're in a historically high real estate market, and then now you got people, and they like look like. Well, shoot, I'm about to sell to the CEO of Redfin or the CEO of the Corfin Group or this NFL player or Denisha Reitster, right? Like, so they trying yeah. to get it. For so the you highest. came in, you came in, and my 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 housing price was already high, but now it's the cameras on. Woo-hoo. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and add some more, right? And so again, all things that you deal with and you you work through, um, but those were the the challenges and the experiences. Uh, the interesting experiences of it, now, the 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 positive stuff, and I, I would even consider that positive because again, it's all growth and learning lessons, right? Like now, the, now the positive side of it, I don't know if they knew who I was, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I'm when I mean when I say that, like I showed up and I'm like, they they like, hey, you want to go to your trailer? I'm like, trailer? What you talking about? Like I'm, I'm I showed up like we show up to a, a normal production <laughs> shoot. Like I br- bring my suitcase, I put it in the corner. Like where y'all y'all got a little bathroom? Where the bathroom? So I go change my shirt. Hey, you got a trailer, sir? Where where you got? You got hair and makeup at this time. You got this this this. Boom, boom, That's boom. hot. Oh, oh, for real? I go in the trailer, brother. They had like the trailer set up. I'm like, okay, cool. This is dope. Uh, I go in the trailer. We might need to get some B roll for this for this clip, right? I'm in the trailer. They got snacks, all that stuff. Shower toilet everything you know everything you could want in the trailer right your wardrobe hollywood and then i'm like bruh hollywood i ain't gonna lie to you i was like oh i see why i see why the rock said forget this wrestling forget this football i'm gonna go ahead and get in hollywood and and so i remember i'm like oh let me i need to grab some lunch and so i uh you know coffee and lunch or something like that and and so i i'm about to i literally pack leave the trailer like i'm going to leave and there's a guy named sean shout out to sean he's uh, was was our um, assistant, so to speak, that day. I don't even know all the terminology and stuff. And uh, I'm like, he's like, where you going? I'm like, oh, I'm about to go grab a coffee. Like, I'm going to the stages and all that stuff to grab a coffee. At the time, they were shooting um, the sh- a, a movie with uh, Jesse from Breaking Bad. I can't remember what mm. that movie was called. They were also shooting Stranger Things wow. at the time, the most recent season of Stranger Things. Yeah, so this is like, I'm like, wow, this is dope. What city? And what so, city? Anyway, I'm going to get the coffee. This is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Facts, facts, Don't sound yeah. Yeah. too too exciting, but when you think of Stranger Things and all the scenes, you're like, oh, okay, makes sense. Makes some sense. But Breaking Bad, oh, um, make fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
So, you know, I'm going to get some coffee or whatever. He's like, he's like, well, what you doing? I'm like, I'm just going to grab some coffee, grab something to drink real quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it for you. I'm like, nah, bro, you ain't got to do that for me. I, I got you. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I'll get in trouble if you don't. Like, what do you need? How many, you know, I'm just like, damn, like, all right, cool. Like, hey, that's but then that's when I started. live, man. That's. Be hey. coke, man. This is how you' supposed nice. to be in show business, man. <laughs> I love it. It was nice. It was nice, brother. And and uh, you know the, the the final thing I'll share with you about that experience, right? Like you know us, we ask questions, like we learning, right? Like seeing how other people do it. Mm-hmm. And so you know the guy Sean again. Shout out to Sean. He was amazing, man. And we had Sophia. They have been on other sets and other productions, right? And so they have been on sets with The Rock. And, you know, Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart and things like that. Right. And, and so I'm like, you know, how, how do they do it? So when I did it, I'm literally we shot this maybe 14 days before training camp. Mm-hmm. So it's like I still got to train like I still can't mm-hmm. slack. Like we still got a real job to do. Right. Like this is nice and stuff for TV. But the way I get paid is yeah. on the football field. And so, you know, my trainers came out with me. We'd be up in the morning at 4.30. We'd go. They got a lot of UFC fighters and boxers out in New Mexico. John Jones, Holly Holm, um, and and a lot of gyms. So we'd go to the gym. We'd train our tail off, getting ready for a season. We'd go home, shower, be do hair and makeup at 7, shoot for about 12 hours or maybe more. Um, Well, no, I don't know if we'd do more, but by by 4.30 or 5, be wrapping up. Uh, go back, change in the trailer, go to our, another workout because I'm a, I'm a two-a-day guy before, you know, uh, training camp comes. So ended up doing that and had to do that literally 10 days straight. So that was another thing, just being mentally, physically tired, like getting home at 10-something from yeah. the gym and being like, all right, we got to go to sleep and do this again. How, lo- right? how, long, trainers, how long were you on set? Like how long was that filming process? At least the, the thing when we were – Oh, the whole process was 10 days. Wow, wow. It was a 10-day shoot. We had one uh, break day in between. Um, so nine days of shooting, one day of, of rest type of thing. And, um, again, amazing experience. And and that's when I found out, like, you know, because the, the, the people there were, like, always so surprised, I think, at, my, at the discipline, mm-hmm. right? There was one day where I had to work out upstairs above the stage like in the offices and stuff like that like I just worked out there and I had my trainer come there and and you know they were talking to me about how like the rock like he has a gym that is like packed up as a trailer and it, it gets shipped wherever wow. he goes you know what I'm saying so if I'm shooting a movie over in Australia y'all go ahead pack this bad boy up and get it over there like his gym Iron Paradise goes with him wherever That's he goes crazy. which I was like Yo, this crazy. is dope you know so um, it was just interesting hearing how I see why some people love that life and that shooting because you literally are are catered to. You know, you are the star. Yeah. And even for me, for 10 days, it felt, uh, I was like, dang, you know, I can get used to this, although I could use a little extra sleep. <laughs> hey, that's so dope, bro. I love the sound of it, man. So what would you say was the best and the worst part of filming? Yeah, the best part... I. I you know, it sounds cliche, but meeting the castmates, like we still have a group text to this day. We talk literally at least once a month. We're all talking. We've gotten on joint Zooms and stuff like that together. But, you know, for me as a up and coming real estate investor, right, being able to talk with Glenn 
about different things. Talk with Pam, talk with Denisha. Denisha and I, we jump on the line all the time and, and just talk shop and talk about other things that she's doing as well too, right? And so that that's definitely got to be the, the best piece. You know, I'd also say like, um, you know, you you know, like people reaching out and and um, enjoying the show. You know, that that's a pretty cool feeling, mm -hmm. right? Like you ultimately, you know, like people are shooting things and, and you don't know what is going to be cut up and taken from yep. it. So, you know, you kind of are a little nervous, but ultimately, you know, the fact that people that have reached out, I guess not too many people will reach out if they, they hated it either, but um, ultimately people reaching out and enjoying the show, that's been amazing as well too. Um, worst part of the experience was definitely uh, the schedule, you know. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't adding the workouts on, you know, that definitely didn't help uh, at all. But I also remember uh, reading about LeBron James shooting Space Jam and how uh, he would train during the, the shooting. And then I also read about Michael Jordan and how he would train during the shooting. And everybody was amazed at, at his work ethic and all that stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm inspired by them. Yeah, I ain't saying I'm Mike so, or LeBron. So we got I'm, Michael. I'm trying to get like So we that. got MJ, Bron, and Colt. Yeah, hey, you up there yes, with the goats, huh? Your words, brother. <laughs> Listen, brother. We trying to we trying to make something shake. So, um, so yeah, man. It's it's been yeah. It was one one hell of an experience. Man, that's crazy, man. Well, look, people. If you can't tell that I'm inspired by this, then I know that y'all inspired, man. Make sure y'all go on here, go over to Netflix, and go see by my house. It's a series. You got a couple times. Call your boo over and make sure. You watch by my house, man. Support B Cope. It's an amazing show. I love it. I know y'all gonna love it. And without further ado, B Cope, man, take us out, dog. Listen, man. In the words of the great Ross Mack, man, one, please make sure you like, subscribe, and share this episode, right? If anybody needs to learn about that Netflix experience or that production experience, make sure you share this with them. But more importantly, as well, too, you make sure you share this with that kid in the second grade that used to bully you that girl in third grade that told you you wasn't gonna be shit. that teacher that always gave you an end for needs improvement when you know it was at least satisfactory you make sure you go ahead and share this with them man money music culture another episode we'll see y'all next time let's go